All right, we have uh, made it through the holidays somehow. I think a lot of families feel that way. Yeah, I don't mean to be a Grinch, but I'm happy it's over. Yeah, it's too much. It, it, the, the thing about it is the way that the school schedules did it this year is, um, you know, the holidays came and went, and then the kids got a, were off of school for another week afterwards, which isn't like, it, that's not typical every year, but that's how the calendar fell this year. So it was a lot. It's funny. All the parents are now writing on Facebook, like, when, when do the kids actually go back to school? Well, and it's weird because all business stops during this time because people are so caught up with their kids. Everything. Everything stops. It, it, and that's what everybody says, right? It's like, oh, I'm home with my kids all week. I'll get back to you next week. Or I got to, you know, whatever it is, it's all home with the kids, can't focus. Uh, I'll get a hold of you next week. Yeah. And Be- we have five kids going in every direction. And then Cal with special needs, we have this therapy and nothing's the same. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's using their kids as an excuse for the last three weeks. <laughs> And and after this weekend, that excuse is going to run out and it's back to real life for everybody. Um, yeah, there's uh, it, it's interesting. It, it seems like we've been in this warp of time since the holidays because there hasn't been school, which seems like forever. And everybody's just stuck in this abyss of not being able to do anything like anything. Even even Cal's therapy schedules have been a little wonky um, with, you know, some therapists are on vacation. Rightfully so. Everybody needs to take a break and just different timing and stuff like that. And then with that comes this behavior, you know, because he's like, what's going on? Yeah. I'm supposed to be here today. All the changes in the, uh, and yeah, I'm supposed to be here. This person's supposed to be there. Why are we driving here? It's not the same day. And then, you know, everything else that comes with, um, with that. Uh, I got to thank real quick our title sponsor, Tracy Slepsevic. Her book is called The Warrior Mom. It is now available on Amazon. It's been on Amazon. I should say it's now available uh, as an audio book on Amazon. And you can go to warriormom.org and get the link to her book, Warrior Mom, A Mother's Journey in Healing Her Son with Autism, which uh, really focuses on the underlying conditions of autism. I think people hear the word healing and they get a little confused. You know, it's sometimes people hear heal and they also think cure. And it's totally different, right? right? Like, yeah. you, you know, think about an athlete that's trying to um, heal something, you know, an injury. You're not really curing it, you know. It, it's just because the injury could happen again, but you're healing it. And so she talks a lot about underlying conditions, for example. You know, think about the gut issues. We talk a lot about that. Probiotics, prebiotics. I mean, we kind of stumbled on prebiotics this year. Um We'll talk more about that later, but so the audiobook is available, and uh, you can also get that. She's also hosting the Autism Health Summit, which is, geez, a few weeks away in San Antonio, Texas. You can go to AutismHealth.com, get tickets for that at that awesome resort in San Antonio, first weekend in February, AutismHealth.com. She's got some awesome deals going on, including a buy one ticket and get the second one half off. So that's going to be a cool place for parents to get together, connect with other uh, parents, and um, not just that, but really kind of, um, you know, rub elbows with with the leaders in thought uh, in the autism health space and some great products and services, some great vendors that are going to be traveling down there with Tracy, autismhealth.com for that. I wanted to talk real quick because we're, you know, back in the the new year, obviously, and, you know, here across Florida, and we're on all these radio stations here across uh, Florida, uh, into Central Florida and the Gulf Coast, is the um, Step Up for Student Scholarship, because we're starting a new year. 
whenever we post about this, you get so many messages. It's amazing how many people don't know about the scholarship. Actually, what's amazing to me is how many people know about it who aren't special needs families, this scholarship, but there is a unique abilities aspect to this scholarship. Like, and it's so helpful. So helpful. And so, yes, let's say you're a typical family and they offer this scholarship and the scholarship is like, OK, I want to go to a private school or get specialized education. You, you can you can get that as a typical family or you can apply for it, I should say. But then they have a whole other aspect of this, which is called unique abilities. So it's the UA portion of the step up for students scholarship. This used to be called the Gardner. Yep. That's another time. And McKay. Yeah, that's the other problem is so many people get confused because they're like, oh, what about Gardner? Or what about um, McKay? And it's like, it's the same. They keep like morphing the name. Right. So I feel like the marketing aspect of it is like people are so confused. Right now, it's Step Up for Students, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> I, th yeah, I think it's S-U-F-S, stepupforstudents.org. Um, but you can just search Step Up for Students Scholarship. But basically, if you're looking to go... Um, you know, to a private therapy center, if you need, um, you know, certain, um, you know, uh, toys or equipment in your house, they will cover this if you get accepted for the scholarship. Um, you can't be actively enrolled in a public school system. I believe that's the, that's kind of the caveat. Yep. Right. Um, but for instance, like Lyft Academy, like a lot of, a lot of families utilize the Gardner Scholarship to go to the Lyft Academy. Yeah. Like Lyft even says over 95% of their students are on uh, a scholarship. Um, there are divergent students. So it's super, super helpful. But I just, so many people hear about this and they go, oh yeah, I've heard about that. My, you know, my, my friend's kids use this and then they go to a, a private school or something. And it's like, right, but you have a special needs child are you using it. And they're like, well, my son wouldn't, go, my son or daughter wouldn't go to that school. It's like, oh no, there's so many other things. Like you've got to look at the unique abilities aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I think probably at even the age of four, right? There's a certain age where it starts. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, you, you can also use it for in-home. Like if you have somebody that comes to your house. In-home therapy. In-home therapy. Yeah. And homeschooling. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, and then they have the, my scholar shop, which like I said, if you need, you know, let's say you need like um, an iPad to do certain programs, learning programs for your child. Maybe they have in-home uh, in um, you know, programs that you need to help learning or reading or, you know, comprehension. That, like, they'll cover that if, if it gets approved and you need it for a purpose like that. Like, they'll cover it. And so it's it's something that's there, and it just amazes me. It's like one more thing in the special needs community that just isn't well marketed. You right. know, it's like so there's – there's I shouldn't say there's so many things, but there's a lot of things that just aren't talked about, aren't discussed – and there's so many options or some options available to special needs families. And it's like, hey, that's there. That's available. You have to take advantage of that. Like, Absolutely. You have to research this stuff and take advantage of this stuff because it's there. You know, so people hear about Gardner, but I don't know that they know about the unique abilities um, aspect of it. So it's it, it's an application process like anything else. You know, you've got to do paperwork like anything else. And um, but my goodness, it's 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 really helped a lot of families out. Especially if you can't go to a public school system, which isn't isn't made for a lot of people. So um, something something good to uh, to look into as we get into twenty twenty four. Um, the other thing that I was I was going over some of the the latest news um, with with autism and families of autism um, is th there's this like new focus now on 
artificial intelligence and diagnosis. And it's weird because Cal's only been diagnosed for like three years, three and a half years. But it seems to me like even back three and a half years ago, if you would even have said artificial intelligence and diagnosis, people would have been like, what? You're crazy. Like that's, that doesn't make any sense. But now three and a half years later, there are these programs and they say they're between 88 and 96% accurate. What do you do? Like take a test online or something? No, it's scans. They do like eye scans. Oh, wow. And apparently there's like these patterns and they use this AI program and they're basically saying, you know, that it can, it can tell based on the patterns of the eye movements and, and the, and all this other stuff that has to do with the eyes to give you a diagnosis of autism for your, for your child. Wow. Yeah. Then there's these new companies. I don't know about this, where they're doing the the tele like the tele diagnosis. So there's never anybody who is in the room with your child. It's all done like basically a Zoom call. Think about a Zoom call for a diagnosis. And there's this company. It's a big company. It's growing every day. I think now they say they're in all 50 states, and they're they're basically doing diagnoses online like Zoom. Wow. I don't know how. And I feel. is it legit? Like you actually get a diagnosis? You get a diagnosis. Now, I don't know. I, I I mean, I guess obviously, if you meet their qualifications, you get a diagnosis. I don't know what you are qualified for after you get a diagnosis from. Like basically, you know, would that count for like let's let's say we just talked about the scholarship. Like would that count? I don't know. You know, could you go into a school, a public school, and say I want an IEP based on this diagnosis? I don't know. I would imagine it's, I mean, why would this company be growing and growing if it doesn't have something for, for families? Well, I mean, that makes sense because, um, to get in with a developmental pediatrician or psychologist, it's like a long wait list. When Cal got diagnosed three years, three, three and a half years ago, the wait list was 10 months. Now it's two years. Yeah. But I don't know though, that, that not having a doctor physically look at or touch your kid is... Well, I, I would want that yeah. because I mean, this is, I mean, this is a lifelong thing, you know, I want the real answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want the real answer, but I, I just, I just, from the process thing, like, I just, I don't know. It's and I, admittedly, like I haven't looked into it, you know, like, like tons and tons of research, but I just don't feel like a lot of people are going, okay, I just, I need the autism diagnosis. I just, I feel like that's what it is. And if I get that diagnosis, I'm going to be, you know, things are going to be easier because I qualify for, you know, A, B, C, D. But I'm not sure if the, like, what I want to know is, are these companies, it, it, does it benefit the company to give the autism diagnosis? If it does, well, that's not good. That, right. that way the company is like, yeah, we're kind of leaning towards autism, right? Like, I'm just, I'm just more interested to know how does that benefit the company or does it not? Like maybe it is, but then again, it goes back to quality. Like I feel, I feel like if you went to any doctor, look at the doctor that diagnosed Cal. I wonder if you asked him, Hey, there's this, you know, opportunity where instead of going through this process with you, cause it wasn't like a one day thing. I mean, it was leading up to a bunch of, you know, a bunch of things that were factored in, you know, could we just get online and do zoom meetings with somebody? And I feel like they'd be like, absolutely not. Yeah. Like we need to do a physical in, person observation, you know, as opposed to like a camera on a, on a MacBook. Right. So if you compare like what you just said, the camera on the MacBook, I mean, his actual diagnosis had probably six people in person. Right. Diagnosing him. Right. 
you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. So also, if you look at like the technology, sometimes there are kids that get kind of enamored by the screen and the camera. So that right there would, would cause a change in, you know, you're not really seeing them in their normal environment. Right. Because you've got a, you've got a, a you know, a laptop with a camera and then they see themselves on screen and then that changes things. Like, and- like Cal would want to start you know, like taking videos of himself. He likes that. Right. So that would change. That wouldn't be what they see every day. He's not used to having a, you know, a laptop in front of him with these, you know, basically strangers, people that he doesn't know about. Um, that's what I see. I, and I, I get the need for it. Cause like you said, they're so the wait lists are huge. And if you're just getting into this, whereas, you know, somebody has recommended to go through the process of getting a diagnosis, maybe it's a pediatrician development, of pre- pediatrician, whatever it is, a neurologist, and you hear three, six, nine, one year waits. Oh my goodness! I mean, I get it's that's tough because what are you going to do for yeah. a year? Like, what are you going to do? And so I see the temptation in doing that. I just, you know, anything new is is hard to understand. So you do have to research it. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, wow, you've got these companies that are now like, hey, sign up through us. You know, we can we can do this. And I also worry the other way. What if they're like, no, you're not getting a diagnosis and the child needed it. Right. And the diagnosis date is eight hours. Like I said, six people in eight hours and a lot of stuff leading up to this. I can see why somebody made that up or created it. Um, But I definitely think the in-person thing is more important. But what people don't realize is you can still get speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, all without a diagnosis. Like you can start the process of that. You yeah, know, you and still get, be on the wait list for an autism diagnosis. Right. Yeah. Which can, those are very important. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people that are like, I'm not doing anything till I get the official word. But like if you're if your son or daughter needs speech anyway, then you should just get that. Right. Right. Like you shouldn't just wait to the autism diagnosis, because if they need speech, they need speech. Like you still need that. And there's millions of kids who aren't autistic that need speech therapy. Yeah. Many of them all through like elementary school. You know, but well, and here's the thing, too. Like, if you don't think your kid needs anything, the school is going to tell you otherwise. Like, if you go into school, if you think your kid's going into a regular program, but they have an ASD, um, di- like they're on the spectrum and you don't know it yet. The school is going to say, I'm going to put you in this classroom because that's what your child needs. You know what I mean? Like a school actually has a different diagnosis. They create their own autism diagnosis with an IEP and then the doctor is separate. Right. And so they're going to say your kid needs speech, your kid needs OT, you know, but yes, exactly. And then that's where the IEP meeting comes in, right? Because they're going to say, here's what we're, they basically, the school's going to propose to you what they're going to do based on, you know, what they believe. And then that's your job as the parent to come in and start going, okay, you know, but the doctor said this and we think that, and then, you know, that's where kind of the negotiation, I guess, if you will, comes into play. But yeah, you're right. Like some people are basically given you know, we feel like your child exhibits signs of X, Y, Z. So we're going to do this. That may or may not be exactly what your child needs because, and and that's where it all gets a little blurry. Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of separate. And the doctors told me that when he was diagnosed, school is going to be different, you know, right? like Cal is autistic, but at school, maybe he could have been in a general classroom He can't, but maybe he could. And then the school sees that different, you know, like, yes, your kid's autistic, but they can be in the gen ed. 
Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then there's other people on the other end that just wait for the school to decide mm-hmm. instead of getting their own diagnosis and moving forward with therapy yeah, and the outside thing, of school. The thing you got to remember is that the school is making that decision. It, they have not spent one-on-one time with your child. I mean, they're there, but there's, there's a bunch of other kids in that same situation that they're, you know, somebody told me this once, like, you got to understand when you have your IEP meeting, chances are they just had another IEP meeting with another parent. They're going to another one right after your IEP meeting, you know, so it's kind of assembly line, um, not the teachers or the, or the principal's fault, really, because that's just the system. There's not enough people to really keep up with this. But you have to understand it can be sometimes a one size sort of fits all. You know, there might be like two, maybe three options for your child at best at a public school, and that's it. They're not customizing. The IEP is going to have different language for our kids, but at the end of the day, they're either going to this classroom or that classroom, maybe also that classroom. But usually it's like one of two, maybe three choices, and that's it. You know, it's like they've got these two or three buckets, and they're going to find a, a, a way to, to craft a message to put one of your to your kids in one of those buckets, those classrooms, and they feel like they've did they've done the best that, that they can do, and they probably have. Yeah, I mean, Cal's in first grade. If I would have waited until he was in kindergarten for the pediatrician, the regular pediatrician, to tell me get him an autism diagnosis, or the school to tell me that, we would be very far behind right now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we were years on top of it because we went, you know, in our own way. Like we took it upon ourselves. Yeah, we went the messy way, which is what you got to do. Well, the it's hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mess. It's a messy. But he's a he's a little progressed because of that, if yeah. that makes sense. I mean, he's still behind, but we have progressed in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, the net's been the the it's been a net positive, right? So, um, I always tell people too, like, so you don't know what would happen if you went this way, that way, whatever, because you didn't go that way. You went the way you went. But if you if you went the way you went and you saw progression and it was positive, well, then you did the right thing. You know, there's no point in looking back and go, well, what if we do it? Well, you are where you are. So you have to start from there. But it seems like, you know, was there another way for things to be even better? I don't know. We don't know. You don't know. But we did what we did. And so um, I mean, I felt like we started pretty early. I mean, 22 months. That's you know, that's I mean, I guess we could have started a couple months earlier, but I don't know that that would have made a difference. People who, you know, they're they're six, seven, eight year old children and and they're, they're just trying to make up their mind if they should try to go get a diagnosis. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, because if you think that that could be on the table, then then you should for a lot of reasons, too. Honestly, it's not just for the child either. It's for the parent, too, because there's things that the parents are going to adjustments that they're gonna, you're going to have to make in your life. And if they have siblings and there's adjustments, the siblings um, are going to have to make, too. So I think it's like a lot of things waiting is usually in, when it comes to this kind of stuff tough to do. Better to go all in in a hurry so you can start eliminating things, you know, and then make your your, your plans from there. Once you let things go on way too long, it's kind of hard to go. I mean, you can't get that time back. Well, and the wait lists are terribly long for therapies, you know, and so many people are scared of like the diagnosis and what that looks like to other people. You know, that diagnosis is going to help you so much. And as far as therapy and help goes, you have it until you're 21 years old with a diagnosis. You know, so if you've been waiting all this time and you don't have a diagnosis, I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if you so obviously with the diagnosis, more doors open. Right. Because right. there's a lot of things where it's like, show me the diagnosis and then you'll give, you know, whatever company organization, whatever you're trying to get or achieve. Once you have that diagnosis, a lot of a lot of doors are unlocked. If you don't have that diagnosis, that's when you start getting stonewalled a little bit. 
And it's like, you know, there's things that you may want or need that your child can't get access to. So getting the diagnosis is 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 certainly um, important. And if you're getting into this new year, you know, we're just a, a week or so into the new year and you're thinking about if you have a young child, I know in Florida, early steps is, is the resource um, in the state of Florida. Early Until steps. you're three. Yeah. So, you know, if you if you you know, there's there's benchmarks. So maybe it's like, oh, you know, my child's not walking or my child did walk and isn't walking anymore. You hear a lot of um, speech regression. Gosh, my child was saying words. Now he or she's not saying anything. My child was playing with me and looking into my eyes and now they're not at all. So like those are reasons and there's other reasons, but those are some reasons that you hear about why you would call um you know, early steps and maybe get them involved so that they can come and basically, and, and, and it's an in-home setup. It's not like a, you know, I think a lot of people I know I did was like, do we have to go to like this, you know, big, you know, center and there's like these rooms and everybody in white coats and, you know, it, it, it's really not like that. They send trained people to your home and it's. Or even to your kid's preschool. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of a very, like they more want to kind of look at your child in the child's environment as opposed to putting them in some strange foreign environment where they might act different. Right. So it's like, let's just see how your child acts, you know, in their day-to-day activities. And I think it's a good thing. I mean, we use their early steps. I think it's a beneficial thing. Not every state has something like that, by the way. There's a lot of people in a lot of states who are like, I have no idea what to do. The, the wait lines are backed up for, um, you know, possible diagnoses. What do I do? Well, early steps also tells a lot of people, you're okay. Like you're, you know, you're okay because of this, 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 and that keep up with this therapy, that therapy, but we don't believe that this is going to be an, an autism diagnosis. Yep. So, you know, you hear a lot of people saying, Hey, we went to early steps. We were a little worried, but you know, we found out it was this, 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 and that, not what we necessarily feared and kind of things go the right way. So right. it's not all, it's not all the same news from early steps. They, they're kind of a filter. They come in, they sort of just help filter what they think may or may not be going on, which I think is a, is a good thing. And then early steps ends at three and then it's fiddlers. Fiddlers. Yep. So early steps to fiddlers. It's a lot. And then it's usually public school, like preschool right? or private. Unless you want to go to a private organization, Um, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I see. I don't know that I've heard of fiddlers. I'm learning. I still learn things. Fiddlers. Well, he didn't go because he had a diagnosis and he right. just went to public school. Um, but yeah, Fiddlers right. comes after early steps yeah. when you turn three. Early steps and Fiddlers. Add that to the yeah. last Fiddler. <laughs> it sounds like a potato chip company or something. Fiddlers. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like a bar. Fiddlers Bar and Grill. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, we're online at dailyautism.com where you can connect, uh, get all of our weekly podcasts. You can also get all of our social media videos and join up on our social accounts, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn dailyautism.com is how you link to us there online. Um, that's kind of where we started uh, building this community when uh, Cal was um, diagnosed or really just going through a diagnosis about three, three and a half years ago. I want you to go on YouTube and check out the documentary Cliff 20. Cliff 20. This was put together by Ling Huang. He is the CEO of Technology North. He has devoted um, his talents really to finding a way to not just offer employment to young adults on the autism spectrum, but really a community, a place where these young adults go. They have a purpose. There's meaning there, but there's also community there. There's building relationships and feeling comfortable wanting to be 
in this space. It's a great documentary. Ling's built an awesome company with a technology um, that inevitably he'll he'll spread globally. But just to see the work that he's done and the changes that he's made uh, in this in these kids' lives through opportunity, and not just the kids, the parents too. It's really good. It's totally free on YouTube. It's called Cliff Twenty, and uh, you can see how Ling built up Technology North um, through. His uh, his vision after his uh, youngest son was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. I think that's one of the coolest reasons to build a business. You know, when you when you have like a family reason, when there's meaning that has to do with your family, and you build a business from there, it's uh, it's really cool. Seeing a lot more of that too, uh, especially on LinkedIn, people, parents who have autistic kids that are starting to kind of dive into, you know. Maybe I don't want to call them, you know, um, side gigs, but they're experimenting with ideas that may help their kids and kids like their kids. Seeing a little bit more of that online. So I think it's good. uh, I think it's great. If you've got a talent to offer, um, I just saw a league. It's a sports league and they do a variety of like rec sports, you know, T-ball and like soccer. And they just opened up in the Midwest and it's for special needs kids. And it's a guy who ran, you know, regular rec leagues, but he's he's since cashed that in, and now he's he's just doing a league for special needs families in his county. That's nice. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's um, you know, that's something again that that these families, you know, families like us, um, you you, you look towards. We tried that once with Cal, um, a soccer league. He did okay. He did pretty good. It it was. I was actually glad we did it as young as we did. He was probably what four when we did that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Probably a little young for to get the results we wanted, but to see him just out in that space with those other kids was cool to see. I'd probably do it again. The yeah. lady that put it on is super nice. She's great, and and she does a great job. She she uses uh, high school students kind of as like the counselors and the coaches. Volunteers, yeah. yeah. And, and they did a really good job. And, of course, the soccer ball was like a giant soccer ball. Yeah. It wasn't the normal size, which, you know, you need. Um and he did good. I, I want to say that the first time he went, we did pretty good. Second time, I think that was like, not for us right now. We'll be back in a couple of years. Well, um, for him, too. It was like a different therapy schedule. And it was also at night. It was late and at so night. And so he's like, why are you taking me at 630 at night yeah. to go play soccer? Yeah, because it was dark and the lights were on. And it yeah. was just a different experience. Very busy, too. Um, so I think maybe that had something. There was a lot of people there, which, again, just kind of shows the need. Right. right like, right. I mean, there was just a lot of people there. There was like another practice on another field and there was half the people. It was just like a typical practice right. and there was half the people. So the other thing that was interesting too, I noticed is all the, like the moms and the dads and the grandparents were there for the special needs. Oh yeah. It's like, we're not missing this. The other, the typical, like, like our other kids, our other four kids, they've got their, they play their sports, they've got practices and it's like. One of us goes, or sometimes we just drop them off and come back. It's right. like, oh, it's another practice, or right. it's another, you know, whatever. We've, we've done this a thousand times. But with, with the special needs, it was kind of interesting to see, like, we're not missing this. Our whole family went. Everybody went. Yeah. But, I mean, I saw so many grandparents, because it's like, we're out here, you're, you're, you're performing. Even though it was just a practice, it was like, you're performing, you know? So... No, yeah. that was pretty neat. Well, I like that they had a volunteer with each kid. So each kid had a one-on-one that needed it. Right. You know, and then it was separated to the kids that could actually could play. They were kind of scrimmaging. 
Yeah, it was really neat to see. And, and and anyway, I bring that up just because I am seeing a lot more people offering things and, and trying to figure out what talents they have and they can offer to special needs families. And I think that's um that's really cool. I, I, I hope I hope that kind of continues because there are, you know, I was saying the other day this would be like the this spring, which we're heading into, would be when Cal would go and start playing flag football at our local rec center. All of our other kids did this. All four of them. Yeah. Like it, it, all of them. They you know, so this would be the season because he's you know six, and that's when they could, you can start. And I was like, oh, how much fun would that have been? Of course, he's not going to be able to do that. But if there are options down the road to do something similar, again, it just makes the families feel good. Right. You know, so. Well, I think if you have a connection with autism or special needs, like you have to create something that's not there. Yeah, because if you've got a talent that you can offer special needs, then that's what you should do. Yeah. You we know? just created a space. We created a space. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our the, the sensory studio was was basically, hey, we have this idea where families can go privately and their kid can basically play, work out, rest. I actually didn't think rest would be such a big part of it, but Cal will go and play and then he'll literally rest. Yeah. So we have like a blackout sensory tent that he goes into for like a calming yeah. environment. After he's ran around. He also uh, will just sometimes go and plow himself into the crash mat and lay there. <laughs> I actually did a video the other day. I think we put it on Instagram of him just laying on a mat, just looking up at the fan. And I was like, he's never this still at home. But he just got all, you know, he was kind of working out. He was on the monkey bars and jumping into the mats and climbing through the tunnels. And so then he was needed to rest. So that was a, a place where he felt like he could rest. Yeah. So, you know. And there's a zip line, which he's starting to get really brave. Yeah. What's he calling it, though? He called it, um, gosh, he's I can't even think about it. He's not calling it the zip line. He's calling it, um, oh, the hang glider. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's <laughs> well, funny. He's got these books where he's learning about transportation, and one of them is a hang glider, and he thinks it's the coolest thing. So when we went into the sensory studio, the zip line, he now calls the hang glider. And so it's pretty funny. But it is funny. Yeah. Yeah. I took him to therapy yesterday and like these he saw these birds like seabirds and it completely threw him off and I could barely get him into the therapy place. So this environment, my sensory studio was built for families like ours that have a hard time taking your kid out because just like that, just going to therapy, he was off in a minute, you know, yeah. like with his mood. So like getting him into the sensory studio and out, it's, I'm happy that it's just one family at a time. Yeah, we needed that private, kind of that private atmosphere. And I know not all special needs families need that, and that's fine, but that works for our family. Um, and, I, and I know it works for a lot of other families too, just being able to go in there and say, okay, we're in a safe spot. Nobody can come in, nobody can leave, and we've got a thousand square feet of whether it's play, exercise, relaxation. Um, he goes in there, we have a book tree, so there's like multiple books. And the other day, his one of his older sisters, Charlie, was there, and he just grabbed a book and gave it to her, and they read a book. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like you can do all the stuff that you want to do in a day, but you can do it all in that space. Right. You know, even going through the tunnel system with his iPad, and it's, you know, it's enclosed, so you feel kind of safe. And it's just kind of like, wow, like, I'm in there, I'm safe, nobody's going to bother me. So he went in there with an iPad, and... He loves Curious George, so he was watching Curious George for fifteen minutes in, in a in a in a secluded, safe, quiet space, and that's that's what he needed. 
Well, it is, like you said, everything in one space. Like, you have the stuff that would be at a park, like a slide and monkey bars. Then you have a trampoline, and I can't take him to a trampoline park. Then you have the library stuff, because he can't go to a library. Right. You know, so you kind of have everything. And we even have tables and um, a TV set up so we can bring lunch in there, because we can't go out to eat. Yeah. So it's everything in one. And life wasn't always like this. You know, we used to be able to take him out places, and now we're to the point where we can't. A long time ago. It doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever, but this is where we are right now. Yeah. Um, So, and if you want more info on the Sensory Studio, it's in Pinellas County, Florida. It's in uh, Seminole, just outside of St. Pete. Um, You can go to dailyautism.com and send an email, um, and we can give you all the the details about that. There's several different membership packages, um, you know, and again, you're you're given a private access code, so um, you don't have to worry about, you know, can we find parking? Are there employees there that we have to kind of, you know, discuss what we're doing? Or, um, you know, it can be dark in there. It can be light in there. You can have music. You can have the TV on or not. You know what I mean? It's, It's really a private experience for you, for your family, because you know best, you know? And so that's why we we'll put a TV. Maybe somebody wants to, in the little activity corner, maybe you want to watch Baby Shark or um, Curious George, or maybe not. Maybe you want the lights off and your child will run to all the stations, you know? There's trampolines, you know? So we try to think of everything. Um, and like you said, even the, um, the calming tent, the blackout tent. I mean, Cal just goes in there by himself. He just has moments where he's doing all this stuff, and he goes in there and he sits and relax. Yep. And there's uh, the little turtle, the calming turtle in there that vibrates and lights up, and he seems to really um, to really like it. Real quick, I want to talk about prebiotics. These are different than probiotics and very important for a lot of kids with um, the special needs guts, the tummies. We had a bunch of problems with this with, with cow. Um, but we found Begin Health growing up prebiotics. Now, prebiotics are the food... I always thought when people were saying prebiotics, they were just meaning probiotics. But prebiotics actually are the food that feed the healthy bacteria in our guts. There is a sincere connection with the gut and the brain. You can research that. It's, it's scientific. What can I say? Um, I love these prebiotics. They are tasteless. They are odorless. And I know a lot of companies say this, but Cal literally hasn't flinched at all when we put this in his water. Um, you can actually mix this into food, too, if you want. Like, let's say you're mixing up mac and cheese or something like that. You could put it in, in that as well. Get our discount at dailyautism.com. Just click on the Begin Health button for the Begin Health Growing Up Prebiotics. Um, the same uh, formulaic makeup, too, as what's found the enzymes in breast milk. This is really good quality stuff. This has really helped cow. Think about some of those, I hate to say it, some of those special needs diapers are like hard iron steel. Those poops are brutal, man. They got to hurt. So this really helps the whole microbiome, the whole system um, with these prebiotics. Again, grab our discount, dailyautism.com, and click on the Begin Health button for that. It's the Growing Up Prebiotics. Um, We've really had a great experience over the last month. Something else I wanted to talk about just because I was going over uh, some of the news and stuff. Since the new year, I, I mean, I don't know what what would cause this or whatever, but there have been so many in the last four, five, six, seven days of young autistic kids getting lost, eloping, running away. Like, I, I mean, it's been all over the news. And you hear about this from time to time, but it is just, I don't know what happens around the holidays, but there have been so many news stories of this. And even before the holidays in shopping malls where a lot of these kids would go missing in malls. 
I tell you, go into a shopping mall around the holidays with, if your child's in a loper, you really got to think about that. Really got to think about that. I mean, you're just dealing with packed spaces. And I mean, nobody knows you there. You don't know anybody there. Think of all the different storefronts where somebody could run into. Yeah. Every 15 feet, there's another door for people to walk into. I can't even do it. Like, I can't even take him into a place like that. No, and I wanted to, to mention, you know, honestly, AngelSense, which is just an awesome technology, GPS tracking. You can go to angelsense.com or, again, go to dailyautism.com, our site, and go through the uh, AngelSense button. But you get real-time tracking. There's a satellite view of your child. Um, you know, we, we, when we look at this online on our phones on the app, it's really impressive, just the, the accuracy um, you can also tap into the device and actually listen to what's going on. So you can hear the environment, and if need, you can actually communicate through it. And if your child can, can even communicate back to you. So there's so many different prongs of this technology of being able to track, to listen, to, to communicate. Um, angelsense.com. Again, go to dailyautism.com and click on the AngelSense button. I think, you know, when you do that, read the testimonials. These Obviously, these are real parents, and, and read what happened to their situation. Some of these certain situations that these parents were in, it's almost unbelievable. Like their child was on the bus, and the bus driver took him off to the wrong bus stop in the afternoon. And so, you know, they're waiting at home, and they're like, the bus drives by, or they're at the bus stop and just kind of waves. And they're like, hey, where's my child? Oh, we let them off at the other spot. Oh, my goodness. You just go into full panic. Yeah. Um, there's a mom on there that happened to, and thankfully, Angel Sense that tracked them immediately. She was able to get the police involved, and they were there, and um, the child was fine. But, you know, around the holidays, there just seems to be all of these children, you know, autistic, and and, and, and they escape, they elope. And, and it's just, I, I think, too, a lot of it may be, like we were talking earlier about the change in environment. You're not at your normal whether it's school, therapy center, whatever it is, and that causes a little bit of anxiety with the kids. And so maybe they want to run to where they think they should be or they're just at a place where they're uncomfortable because they're not usually at that place at that time. But what a scary, scary thing. Um, and for whatever reason, like I said, in the last four or five days nationwide, there's been just a ton of kids that are just running away. And they go missing for a day or two. Thankfully, most of them that I've seen have all had great outcomes. The, the police have found them. And the training with law enforcement has gotten really good. But my goodness, that's a scary thing. Well, so many family gatherings and parties throughout mm -hmm. the holidays, you know. Yeah. So. Well, too, and a lot of parents are going to office parties and work parties. So they're attempting to get like babysitters or maybe siblings that aren't used to staying with the children alone. And then that can cause... Yeah. Eloping and running away and stuff like that. Yeah. The holidays, we were talking about the other day, they're tough on special needs families. The change, the change in everything, the routine change is massive and it causes a lot. It's just such an unpredictable time and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what people are thinking um, as far as your special needs children. You don't know their thoughts. Uh, even, even, you know, the decorating and, you know, the, the Christmas music. I know to typical families that sounds like a little bit of eye rolling because I would have thought that too. But even Christmas music changes everything. You know, it's something different for him to think about and talk about. The Santa, the decorations, the North Pole, reindeer. I mean, all of it is just something so different to these kids. And you really have to respect, you know, that their reaction to it may not be what a typical child is.
Yeah, it's a lot. Of, they're used to like a routine. They're used to like Cal doesn't like anything out of place or new things brought in. This year, he was luckily very excited about Christmas. But the only thing that threw him off was the night before when I said, let's put out the cookies and milk for Santa. And he's like, that is so scary. Yeah. So I won't be doing that next year. No. <laughs> but we were able to put a tree up this year, which was um, surprising. Baby steps. We got a tree up, which he liked. Yeah. He liked when we set it up and then when we took it down, there was no problem. I mean, it was transitioned in and out of those pretty good. Yeah. Which, but Christmas music, he says off it. Off it now. Yeah. yeah. Well, he started saying off it. Then he said off it now. Because when he say off it, I would just turn it down a little bit. And then he figured out I was just turning the volume down. So then he said off it now. <laughs> and that means turn it off. No more game playing. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, baby steps. It was a little bit different uh, of a holiday than last year and the year before and the year before. And that's how it should be. But again, it's all gone in the right direction. So um, you just, like you said, next year, we're not going to do the whole, um, you know, Santa's going to come into the house. He can land on the roof and everything's fine. Yep. Uh, we don't have to come inside. That's uh, that's. But then I was thinking about it. He was watching a lot of shows and, you know, Santa comes in through the, the chimney in the middle of the night and he was just uncomfortable with a large man walking <laughs> around the house, uh, you know, not well, knowing exactly what was going to happen. So. Well, something that um, I have experienced over the years with him, probably not until kindergarten, was he does have anxiety. He gets very anxious about new things and just how the day's going to go. He likes to be told what exactly is going to happen. Right. Which think about that in normal life. That's it's hard to sit down every day and talk somebody through every single thing, but it's what you have to do. Yeah. Like it's, it's a lot of people, a lot of families use charts. Yep. We don't use charts, but, um, they definitely work. Yeah. Well, we used to have to do the um, pictures the night before of the next day. Remember? Yep. So tomorrow morning you're going here and there'd be a picture, you know, let's say school, then you're going here, maybe a therapy center, and then you're going to come back home and there's a picture of a therapist that would be here, you know, then we're going to eat dinner and then it's a picture of dinner. I mean, it you, you have to kind of go through that. And again, if if, if you're a, you know, a typical family to have to do with it, that, uh, that must, I don't even know what that would sound like to you, but I get it. It sounds exhausting. Yeah. Cause to me, <laughs> no, I don't even think it sounds exhausting. I think they're just like so confused. They're like, you do what? I know. <laughs> like, it doesn't sound exhausting. It sounds crazy, you know, but then you get into it and you go, yeah, you have to baby step, not just your day, like every portion of your day, every portion of your day, you have to walk through this thing ahead of time. And hey, if it works, it works. It's your child. There's no better reason to do it. But that is literally what some families have to do the night before and then again in the morning. And so same thing for the holiday season. We just kind of have to baby step. But then you're right. We got to Santa coming to the night and it was like, whoa, whoa, no, no, no Santa. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> that was, <laughs> we're not doing that, which is funny. You know, when I was growing up, that was the moment, right? Christmas Eve, I was always laying in bed going, how am I possibly going to fall asleep? You know what I mean? How yeah. could I possibly? I'm so excited. Like, but then there was a fear of like, I don't want to hear him or see him, you know? So then yeah. you were like scared. And then I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, I don't know if he came yet. It's 530. I'm scared to death to wake up, you know? That's and so funny. you try to go back to sleep. And, um, and obviously, you know, Cal is really different as, as he kind of looks at all that. And so you have to adjust as, um, as a family, something else too, as we head into 2024, which I know is a sincere help to special needs families is the possibility of getting free diapers delivered to your door. So many of our special needs kids are not potty trained. Some will not be potty trained till, you know, into their teenage years. And then there are some, um, that will never be 
potty trained. I want you to go to the Aeroflow urology button at dailyautism.com. It takes two minutes to apply. And like I said, um, your special needs child three and over may qualify for free diapers, 100% covered by Medicaid, and again, delivered to your door. So they're really taking out the, um, obviously the financial, I mean, diapers are outrageous. I mean, these can be hundreds of dollars a month for families. Yeah. Not to mention the time to have to go get them, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we got two diapers left. Well, it's seven o'clock. This isn't going to last the whole night, so we're going to have to go right now. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Um, but Aeroflow is helping a, a lot of uh, families get through that. Again, dailyautism.com, and then click on the Aeroflow urology button, the form literally 90 seconds-ish, to see if uh, you qualify for those free diapers that will be delivered to your door. Um, they help thousands and thousands of families a year. And again, that's something else that a lot of families don't prepare for. You know, you get an autism diagnosis, but along with that diagnosis for your child, they don't say, oh, also your child may be an extremely picky, picky eater, may only eat these four, five, six foods, may never be potty trained. Hate haircuts. Hate hair. You know, yeah, you're right. It goes down the whole, you know what I mean? May, may not sleep or may sleep a lot, may hate brushing teeth. Oh, may love brushing teeth. Cal's on a thing now where all he wants to do at night is brush his teeth over and over and over again we did it like a couple nights in a row like over and over and over so last night charlie our oldest daughter was home and i'm like can you please brush his teeth like i need a break and can you tell him you're gonna brush your teeth one time for two minutes and that's it i think but that's what i that's what i mean with talking things through you have to talk it through yeah and he did fine with may have to incorporate a brushing timer um because timers work really well with cal he's that's something that he understands if you said you're setting a timer for, you know, 60 seconds, he understands when the timer goes off, we're moving on. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can put one on the wall. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. What? <There's> another, <laughs> they have, like, clocks no, that have it's timers just, that you can put on the wall. Walls uh, or, or clocks and, and lights and locks. and it's. <laughs> you need the locks. You need them, man. Uh, it's funny. Um, also, I want to talk here locally in the Tampa Bay area about our friends at the original Krabby Bills. Um, this is, listen, this is where we go to unwind, to have fun. They're great supporters of the community. Live music, a beautiful beach setting right on Indian Rocks Beach. Um, and the food is just, I mean, they win award after award after award uh, for the best seafood on the beach, and, and rightfully so. It's funny, we were there the other day, and it's people vacationing. You'll hear all the time people, we've been coming here for 25 years. Yeah. 20, I mean, they've been doing business for over 40 years. And so you just have, now you have generations, right? It was the, it was the parents. Now it's their kids coming with their kids, right. their young kids. So it's, and all the snowbirds are back. They're back. Everybody's back having fun. And, and that's the way it should be. The original Krabby Bills, Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. Again, um, great supporters of the community that they serve along their multiple concepts here on Gulf Boulevard. Up and down the beaches. Also, the Lift Academy in Clearwater, brand new facility. It is the Taj Mahal for neurodivergent families. And over 95% of their students are on a scholarship. They can help you through that whole process, that whole entire process. I want you to go to liftfl.org. Their website is phenomenal. Um, you can walk through, you can see online, you know, what, what they do, their staff, um, the Mondellos, who were the founders of this, really, they approached this with, with care. I mean, there's a lot of care put into this, um, and, and it's just really an impressive uh, organization, but more so it's just impressive people. Again, they're, um, they're now open in Clearwater. They spent a long time 
developing this new facility, but it is it is awesome. So liftfl.org, again, over 95% of the students on a scholarship. That's an important thing for you to call, talk to them about, and have them help you walk them through that whole entire process. Uh, real quick, too, I wanted to recap our, um, our sensory studio in Seminole. Um, which we are now taking memberships. We offer three different tiers of memberships, which are basically how many hours a month do you want to utilize it? Um, every family is given a private access code, so you don't have contact with anybody else. Uh, you literally will own the studio for the time that you're there. It's yours. So you can you can use it as you want and, and how it's best to use for, for your child. Um, and, you know, that would not have been possible without Fun Factory Sensory Gym. Um they are the experts in this. Over 50,000 sensory gym installs. They do these in homes, like in basements, therapy centers, schools, churches, uh, wherever you can put an indoor sensory gym, they'll, they'll do it. Um, this was all custom designed, too. Handcrafted. They brought a team in, and they worked for four days nonstop. It was awesome. So yep. Fun Factory Sensory Gym, they've got a great YouTube channel um, that you can see all of their build-outs. And, of course, dailyautism.com on our Facebook and uh, social channels, you can see the build-out that, that they did for us. They, they designed this. They did the renderings, the drawings, turned it into 3D, and then brought the team in to put it together. So it was really, really, really cool. So now uh, taking memberships for that across Pinellas County. And again, you can get a hold of us at dailyautism.com. All right. School's almost back. I'm ready. You ready for school? I'm ready for a schedule. Oh my gosh. I never, I used to hate schedules and now I'm like, please give me that schedule. I know I want to know where I want to wake up. I want to know where I'm, I need to be. Give me that schedule. The kids keep saying, but it's, but it's Christmas break. And I'm like, oh my God, you cannot stay up that late. No, it's, tw yeah, it, it's 2024. That was Christmas break 2023, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's, it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's over. We got to get back to, to, um, what we have to get back to. Also, we are online 24 seven at dailyautism.com. So, you know, Melissa posts a lot of videos about just what's going on in the house and Cal having moments. Some great moments, some eh, moments, but we post them, you know, for people to see. Um, we love getting your messages. We love connecting across all of our platforms. Um, and again, that's a great way to contact us. Uh, get a lot of messages from new uh, parents that are just going through this kind of newly entering um, the autism world. But you can do that at dailyautism.com.